ticket. When you were a kid, did you ever feel like you were just getting bits and pieces of God's story, like you were never sure how it all tied together? You may have a better feel for the big picture now, but maybe your kids don't. Well, guess who can fix that? You. Did you know that you are the most qualified, most influential person for the job of discipling your kids? It's true, but you don't have to wing it all by yourself. Talk about a new subscription resource from Awana is designed to help you talk faith with your kids at home, in the car, wherever you're doing life. And right now, we're talking about God's big picture from creation to redemption. When you subscribe to Talk About, you'll get a weekly email with conversation guides and questions to help your family dig into the Bible and relate to it every day in everyday life. Plus, ideas for easy, creative activities to help make it fun and make it stick for your kids. Just visit talkaboutdiscipleship.com and use code WEST to get your first month of Talk About for free. That's talkaboutdiscipleship.com. Use the code WEST. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. I'm talking to you today from the story house, but I am about to get on the tour bus because our spring tour, the My Story, Your Glory tour, is beginning this weekend, February 23rd in Decatur, Illinois. I'm sure it's going to be nice and warm, spring weather. Decatur, Illinois the spring break destination of the world. That's a joke, my friends. I went to college in Decatur, Illinois, and it is not the spring break destination of the world. But good people, good people, and a shopping mall that I believe uh, was frozen in the 1980s and never changed. Anyways, I'm super excited to be getting on the road. Uh, This has been an incredible week. I want to say thank you to all of you for the kind support For the new record, I just am blown away. I looked on iTunes. Actually, I didn't look on iTunes because when I release a record, I try not to look at that kind of stuff. But my team sent me the charts and uh, the record was was number one on the Christian charts and number seven, I think, in all genres. So it was kind of crazy to see it up there next to, uh, gosh, there was one, it was like, Dance Devil Dance was like the <laughs> it was like number six, and then my story, your glory was seven. It was like some sort of a spiritual battle taking place on the iTunes charts. So um thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, your goodness. I'm so filled with gratitude though. It's hard to explain. I don't want to try to like be dramatic about it, but you know, when you work on a record for so long and you just put your heart and soul in it. It really does feel like that. You know, I mean, there's, that's the thing about music, you know, it's, if it's not heart and soul, you got nothing but chords and melodies. So I really feel like this double album, my story, your glory is heart and soul. And I think about these songs and I'm thinking about, um, the time in which these songs were written and what was going on in our world. And just these last couple years, these last three years, really, this record was born out of some of the darkest days our world has seen some of the hardest days even my family has seen and I know probably for you as well and so to come out of it with you know a 22 song double album you know that's 
in my mind, as I listen back to the songs, it's just drenched in the message of hope and redemption and renewal and heaven and anthems to maybe help us get back up, dust ourselves off and start running that race again. You know, I've just been thinking a lot of thoughts about this, this record and, uh, I'm just thankful, thankful that it can see the light of day. I hope these songs are touching your heart. And, you know, week after week, we're going to be diving into different songs on the record. I know how it goes. You release an album and then most people just kind of find the one that's on the radio or, you know, hear the single that's being focused on on Spotify or Apple or Amazon or whatever it may be, Pandora. But, uh, I made a 22-song album, and I am going to shine a light on each of the songs and why they're special to me in the hopes that they'll be special to you as well. So in the coming weeks, we're going to be diving into that, and I hope that's all right with you because that's what I want to (laughs) do. But you know, back to the fact that I'm getting on the tour bus, I am very excited about this tour, and I hope you're coming to see me. I hope you're getting your tickets before they're gone. And to do that, you can go to MatthewWest.com to find out which cities we're going to be traveling to, 32 cities this spring. It's going to be a special show. I think I'm going to divide the show. Well, I know I am, but I don't want to give too much away. But Let's just say there's going to be equal parts playing the songs from previous records. Truth Be Told... What if the God who stays, you know, I'll be taking your requests. And then there's going to be kind of the unveiling of my story, your glory, in what I hope will be a special way. So working on that, working on some other stuff too. Gosh, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, I've been trying to eat healthy and that's so hard to do, isn't it? My daughter had a birthday this past week, and she wanted a bunt cake. Have you ever had nothing bunt cakes? I always thought that was like the worst name for a business. And then I taste their bunt cakes, tasted them, and uh, they're delicious. Anyways, and then my wife got me cupcakes to celebrate the release of my album. And I'm like, you guys, I got to go on tour. What are you doing to me? Somebody got me balloons. We were going to release the balloons into the air, but we were worried that the government would shoot them down, thinking they're spy balloons or something, you know? So we kept them on the ground. The other thing that was cool, celebrating the release of the album last week, was my team called me and said, drive downtown and look up. I thought that was weird. I thought maybe it was another spy balloon thing. Turns out I got a billboard. And then they said, well, guess what? You got another one. So downtown Nashville, two different billboards, thanks to my friends at YouTube and Amazon for uh, putting my big mug on on a billboard to uh, tell all of Music City that my new record is out. So that was exciting. Trying to think of what else. Well, of course, last week, hopefully you followed along, we released one song a day leading up to the album launch. I just kind of wanted to make sure that, you know, not everything got lost because I I was releasing so many songs and, uh, you know, 22 songs is more than I've ever released at any one time. So I wanted to just try We're trying something different here, guys. And uh, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to hear from you 
what your favorite songs are. In fact, let's do this. I'm going to give you the number to our podcast hotline. I haven't done this lately, but I'm going to do it now and uh, take your calls. So not in this episode, of course, but going to give you a chance to uh, call in. Tell me if there's a favorite song you've been listening to from the new record, and we'll talk about it. All right. So here is the number that you can call if you want to leave a voicemail. The number is 601-301-2208. That's 601-301-2208. Tell me your name. Tell me where you're from. If you're coming to a show this spring tour, let me know which city you're going to be in. And then uh, let's talk about the record. Any thoughts you have on the double album? Any song that you're particularly gravitating towards? Even if you don't like the record. You know what? If you don't like it, don't call. (laughs) Again, the number, you'll get to a voicemail, and the number is 601-301-2208. Try to keep it brief so I can uh, use your call, and uh, I'll take your calls. Maybe I'll take some next week, all right? So give me a call. Let me know your name, where you're from, and uh, what part of the album, what song is speaking to you, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. That'd be great. All right, we've been uh, diving into the God Who Stays book, Life Looks Different with Him by Your Side. Thank you all so much for supporting me and reading the book. Hopefully you have your copy already. If you've read the book, hopefully you've shared it with somebody else. One of the cool things that our ministry, Pop We, is doing, I had this idea and I told my team, I said, you know, I don't want to just write a book like for profit. I want this book to get into the hands of people who might not be able to get it otherwise. Last year, I performed, I did some songs at a prison in Michigan, and I was thinking about the message of this book that I was writing at the time, The God Who Stays, and I thought, I want this book to get into the hands of inmates, anybody who would want to read it behind bars, because, I mean, you talk about isolation and maybe being made to feel like you're all alone, and so uh, we have successfully gotten a thousand copies of the God who stays into the hands of inmates behind bars. And we look forward to doing more. And I want to say thanks right now to all of our Pop We partners. They're our monthly supporters and uh, givers who are helping to support this ministry so that we can reach more and more people in ways, in unique ways like that. If you'd like to hear more about that, please go to popwe.org today. Um, I want this to be a ministry that gives and steps into people's stories. And we we do that in a number of ways. Uh, we provide a weekly devotional for you to uh, just stay focusing on Jesus and your faith and I'm spending some quiet time with him. We, do, uh, we have a prayer network just so you know that you're not carrying your burdens alone. We have a storytelling portal where you can share your story, what's going on in your life. I mean, when you share your story, that gives God glory. That's literally the epitome of your story, his glory. It's it's not keeping your story to yourself, but telling the world what God's doing in your life. And then, of course, giving campaigns and things like this that we do to get the books behind bars. So I like that, books behind bars. Um, Anyway, so if you've ever felt like this ministry, my ministry, my music has ministered to you at all, and want to find out how you can team up with us and and keep it going, you can go to popwe.org today. That's P-O-P-W-E dot org today. And at the very least, would you sign up to receive a weekly Devo? I write these every week, 
and uh, send them out your way. Would love to include you in that. All right, we're diving into the God Who Stays, uh, Chapter Eight. Let's go to the Story House with my new book, and I'm going to just pick a few parts of the book to highlight in Chapter Eight today, and uh, hope it's going to bless you today. Let's go. Chapter Eight: God Stays for the Party, Naked Dancing, and Drive-By Birthday Bashes. It is a little-known fact that when I was in college, I sometimes went by the name Marty the One-Man Party. I've always loved laughter and joy and parties and cake, especially cake, as I mentioned earlier. When I was young, our church had cake for every important occasion, and it was awesome. I once threw a birthday party for my wife, and I heard that Michael W. Smith's mom made the best Southern layer cakes. It's true. So I hired Smitty's mom to make around 15 cakes for the party. It was way more cake than we needed for the number of guests invited, but in my humble opinion, you can never have enough cake. My college nickname was evidence that I enjoyed a good time. The irony is that I don't always feel very much like a one-man party, especially through these past few years. We've all experienced a season where the music went off and the lights went out, and we had a collective moment of standing there awkwardly with our punch bowls empty and our hands in our pockets. This has been a time when football games were played in front of huge stadiums that were uncomfortably quiet and empty. A year when no one had a home field advantage. Our Olympic athletes competed without the fans to cheer them on. Playing online concerts with a live audience took some getting used to. I went from the immediate feedback of fans singing along with me in front of the stage to seeing hand claps and smiley faces floating up my iPhone screen. The energy of people coming together to celebrate was absent during those early days of 2020, and for good reason. I've already mentioned how the normalcy was stripped away from us during that time and how it made us look more closely at what we did have to be thankful for. It helped me focus on gratitude and return to the truth that I serve a God who stays faithfully with us through every season of life. For most of us, quarantine was a time of gaining weight, shopping online, learning how to cut your own hair, and if you're like me, learning a lot about yourself. I'd been busy actively avoiding what felt to me like this hipster Christian personal growth personality movement called the Enneagram for several years. It was all the rage with my friends, but suddenly I had this unexpected free time off the road, so I decided that I would jump in and take a few tests. I'm one of those people who doesn't particularly want to be told what personality I have. Is that an Enneagram wing itself? I don't really like to be called a number, but I did it anyway. After testing and researching, I classified myself as a three on the Enneagram. Then I started listening to podcasts and reading about all the qualities of a three, mainly to disprove that I was actually a three. And I quickly discovered that despite not wanting to be a number, it was truer than true. My number three really got me thinking about how I can sometimes act like an Eeyore Christian. You know the character from Winnie the Pooh, who instead of celebrating, likes to say things like, good morning. If it is a good morning, which I doubt, in that gloomy voice. In all seriousness, I really felt God pushing me during this season when I had time to grow as a man of faith. Up until then, I had been doing a lot of work, working on music, working on a podcast, working on keeping my family and company afloat, working on this book. It's like God was saying, don't let this season pass without me working on you. My mind couldn't shake this thought. It would be a shame to let this wilderness season pass me by 
and not be changed by it spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Difficult times are times of growth if we keep our eyes on God. So after years of being scared about learning the Enneagram and dodging questions at Bible studies about my number, I embraced the learning process. I listened to podcasts, I Googled articles, and I found books about the Enneagram. It was insightful to understand a little bit more about how God made me. Now, I tell you about my number only because it relates back to our conversation about joy, about me being Marty the one-man party. Well, it turns out I'm more of a one-man party when it comes to celebrating other people, but sometimes embracing joy in my own life is a challenge. And you see, one of the traits of an Enneagram 3 is that I really have a hard time celebrating stuff in my own life. Other people, no problem. I love when the joy is focused elsewhere, but as soon as I finish something, there is never time to pop the champagne, if you will. I just find the next ladder to climb. I have a hard time waiting for the confetti to fall. I can't just allow myself to locate the joy because I want to get to the next thing. As I considered the fundamentals of my faith, God really leaned on me about this issue, and he still is. I discovered my inability to celebrate came from an irrational fear that I am never enough for my standards and never enough for God's standards. God is teaching me that I need to let the confetti fall in my life. I need to take time for gratitude and step into the joy that God brings to my life. You guys always hear me say at the end of every episode, go make the most of the one shot you get at this life. It's your story for his glory. But if we're being honest, we've got those days where we just want to put our head under a pillow and make the world go away, right? Instead of thriving, we feel like we're just surviving. Well, in the next seven weeks, you could increase your mood and functioning, establish healthier patterns, learn to give yourself grace and forgiveness, be more productive and be more positive. You could thrive. At Foundations Family Therapy, our mission is to help families thrive. Uh, They are um, an amazing organization, right, in the North Carolina area, but they realize that not everybody can go to in-person counseling. And so it may not be doable for everyone, so they've created an online course that you can do anytime and anywhere. From Surviving to Thriving is a self-paced online course taught by a licensed marriage and family therapist. This course can help you get unstuck, move forward, and feel hopeful even in the midst of stress and challenges. It should be noted that this is not a substitute for professional mental health care. And if you are in need of mental health care, you should seek out a local therapist in your area. You do not have to feel like you're just getting through each day. And you're not alone either. There's no better time than the start of a new year to stop surviving, start thriving. Make the most of the one shot you get. Check out their online courses uh, right now to start out 2023 with hope. With promo code WEST25, you're going to receive 25% off any course registration registration. Visit the link in the show notes to get started today and make 2023 your best year yet. Now I have to break here from the chapter just to say how fitting this chapter is today as I've just come through the release of my album. And uh, people would say to me, oh, congratulations, this is a big deal. And I like would be very dismissive about it because that's my tendency is just to kind of move on quickly. But I'm trying to uh, live the words that I've written on these pages. <laughs> All right, back to this chapter. The Pool Dash, King David and Spontaneous Joy. 
I think God wants us to celebrate what he has done in our lives because he is enough. His work is enough. Jesus' resurrection is enough. He wants us to celebrate our lives and the gifts and freedom he has given us without shame or self-consciousness. I think he wants us to approach our lives like my nephew approaches the swimming pool. Whenever Duke comes over to swim at our house, he gets so excited, it's contagious. The first time he visited, before anyone could get him changed and put his swim diaper on, he stripped down completely naked and made a break for the pool. He was so excited to go swimming that he couldn't be bothered with suiting up. He was a bundle of uninhibited joy until he jumped in and learned the reality of trying to swim without his floaties on. But here is a little-known truth about the West family. There is something genetic about that kind of response to a swimming pool. My parents tell a story about me when I was around my nephew's age. When I was four years old, we lived in an apartment building that had a pool. One day, my mom turned her back for a moment to find my proper swimming gear, and I was out the door in a flash, running naked and making a beeline for the pool. By the time she caught up with me, I was near the pool. Let's just say the tenants in our building saw more cracks than the ones in the sidewalk that day. But there's something infectious about the people who get so overwhelmed with joy that they are fully in the moment. I need the joy of those moments when I'm overwhelmed with gratitude and present in what Jesus has done for me. You have to wonder, why don't we always live like my nephew when he sees a swimming pool? I'm not in any way suggesting we all run around naked. Nobody needs that. But you get my point. That is the type of infectious, unadulterated joy that we should have. It's about celebrating what God has done in our lives. There are plenty of Bible stories about throwing a party to celebrate God's work, but one of my favorites is about King David because it reminds me a little bit of me and my nephew and our naked runs to the swimming pool. The background for this biblical party is that the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God for the people of Israel, was found after being lost for 70 long years. It was being brought back to Jerusalem in a big parade that King David was leading. He had been working to return the Ark to the capital city and had overcome one obstacle after another to get it done. The Bible says wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Bible scholars argue about what state of dress David was really in while he was dancing with all his might before the Lord. Apparently, there were people on the scene, including the king's first wife, who thought this kind of dancing and celebration was ridiculous or undignified for the king of a nation. But David didn't seem to care. His celebrating and dancing seemed full of joy without limits. There wasn't anything self-conscious or dignified about it. It seems that David was only concerned about dancing for God and was dancing around a little undressed for a king. Regardless, the story gives the impression that he was so carried away by God's goodness that he couldn't control himself. It reminds me of someone in the front row of a concert who's having the time of their life, or a four-year-old at the pool, or a military family seeing their loved one at the airport after a year of deployment, or the time your parents finally saw the grandkids after quarantine. The kind of joy, that kind of joy, this kind of joy, is an act of gratitude and worship. I want to be better at it. That is the kind of zeal I want to live with and the kind of joy I want to display. We are forgiven and free, and that should bring us spontaneous joy. The birthday dance and the joy of perfect gifts. Now, birthdays are a big deal in the West family, and how these traditions began, well, they began 
Way back with my parents, we took those celebrations very seriously, and we continued to do so. There's a ritual in the West House called the Birthday March. We gather as many of the West Clan together as we can fit into one room, and we sit the birthday person of honor on a chair. Everyone begins to march around the birthday person in a circle and sing happy birthday until my dad yells out, Crescendo! That's the signal for the energy of the celebration to go up a notch. We all begin to march faster and faster and sing louder and louder. Now, during this whole routine, the marchers are also busy piling the birthday gifts onto the guest of honor's lap until we cannot even see the person anymore because the presents are stacked so tall. It is the kind of celebration that everyone looks forward to. We show up for it. Like it says in the Bible, rejoice over you with singing. Zephaniah 3.17. Recently, my friend was bedridden with the coronavirus for over a month. He is a busy dad of four, runs his own business, but he literally couldn't even get up to make himself food during that time. Interestingly, he now talks about how God's gifts were so real to him in those difficult moments. The sound of his daughter singing and running up and down the stairs outside his room, hearing his three sons playing ball in the backyard, listening to his wife's laughter. Even during those scary moments, he felt like God was piling presents onto his lap. When he recounted that experience to me, it made me wonder how often we allow ourselves to sit before God's birthday march like that. And how often are we so busy that we miss appreciating the gifts right in front of us? Henry Van Dyke was an English professor at Princeton University who found himself so overwhelmed by the splendor of a mountain view in Massachusetts that he wrote the song, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. He simply took time to notice the gifts of God's creation, and it led to one of the most popular hymns of all time. I want to be more intentional about noticing the beauty that God has placed in my life. I want to learn to be joyful for the presence he is piling on my lap each day. I believe that learning to accept God's perfect gifts will fill us with the joy we need to pass those gifts on to the world. When you realize that your life is an experience of God dancing around your chair and gifting you until you can't hold any more, how can you not freely do that for other people? I think that is what it truly means when we say that our cup is running over. Every good and perfect gift truly comes from God. The gift of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, and eternity in heaven. That is true joy. It's like the feeling you have when you give someone the perfect gift, the very thing that they would never buy for themselves. Joy is knowing in your heart that God loves to shower gifts on you just like that. He is gifting you right now with each moment and each breath that you take. Your life is like a perfect surprise party. Jesus said that his joy would be in us, John 15, 11. He commanded us to love each other as he has loved us. He wants us to pass on his joy and welcome others to his party. God wants us to serve others with that kind of joy in our hearts. He promises that he will be with us in the good times and the bad, and he sustains us with joy through all the seasons of life. Jesus is the source of that joy, 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 joy down in our hearts. Now, if you'll excuse me, Marty the One Man Party has some celebrating to do, and I'm sure there's some cake around here somewhere. That's chapter eight. I skipped around a little bit, and uh, I want to encourage you to go through and read the whole chapter. There's a great story about me setting up a drive-by birthday party for my wife during COVID, and uh, it was a really special experience. But thank you for joining me on chapter eight. Let's go ahead and hop into songs from the story house in the spirit of the theme that chapter eight held God staying for the party and learning to celebrate joy. And um, 
passing it on to other people, but just really realizing that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to this song from My Story, Your Glory. Uh, this is a song doing just that, and it's been crazy to see how maybe some of these songs that made the record. I was writing the book at the same time that I was writing the songs. And so it's almost as if sometimes the the chapters in the book informed some of the inspirations for the song. And so this is a song of gratitude. This is a song that was inspired by finding a list that my daughter had written by her bedside at the height of the pandemic. It was a list of what she perceived to be everything going wrong in the world at that time. And, uh, I was so struck by that, to think that my daughter was going to bed, focusing on the negative, focusing on what was going wrong. And so the next day, my wife and I, we looked at that list and we decided we'd sit down as a family and be more intentional, make a list of all the things that were blessings and gifts that God was giving us, even in the midst of hard times. And that list was incredibly long and it kept going on and on. But just that shift of perspective is what that chapter we just read is talking about and what this next song is talking about, celebrating the goodness of God. How good of God to be so good to me. I hope this can be a song that you sing today and every day in your life as you be intentional about uh, counting your blessings and realizing that God has blessed you even with this very moment of your life and the air that you're breathing in. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. He loves you. He wants his joy to be made full in you and for that joy to radiate out into the world around you. So uh, let's go songs from the story house. I'm going to give you a little bit of how good of God. Check it out. If someone would have told me how good my life would get, I would have called them crazy because I couldn't see again. From a story going nowhere to where I'm standing now. I'm smiling cause I know there's only one way how How good, how good, how good of God My heart can't help but sing How good, how good, how good of God To be so good to me He's my dad. And he gives good advice, and that's why this segment of the show is called Dad Vice. Let's hear his theme song. He is my dad, and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me. We've uh, just celebrated the launch of the My Story, Your Glory album, and uh, we're currently on the My Story, Your Glory tour. And so it figures that... Uh, You'd be uh, on today's episode and kind of closing out every show, carrying on with that theme. That's a big theme for our ministry, Pop We, as well, just uh, helping walk with people through their story and having a better understanding of what it looks like to live our stories in a way that glorifies God. I'm excited about it. Uh, I love your new album and the theme, My Story, Your Glory. Today, I want to just talk a little bit. The story of me was a story of shame. The word shame defined a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior, dishonor, regrettable situation, a situation that brings a loss of respect or honor. Three things. One, we all have chapters in our lives that we could title my shame. 
I think it's safe to say that all of us have experienced shame at some point in our lives. We have been ashamed of what we have said or done. We feel shame because of things we have experienced at the hands of another person. Your lyrics, Matthew, uh, sum it up. It says, the story of me was a story of shame. Wrong turns written on every page. So many parts that were so messed up. Romans 3.23 says it all. All have sinned. All have messed up and fallen short of the glory of God. Secondly, God shows up in the middle of of our shame. I like this quote. God sees your shame and wants you to be free from it. He will walk through the valleys with you to help you overcome them. Some more lyrics. But I love the part where you showed up, rewriting my past, rewriting my hurt, line by line, word by word, and now my story is living proof. There's not a chapter that you can't use. And one of the best illustrations in the Bible is the woman caught in adultery. Talk about being caught in the middle of your shame. And who was there? But Jesus was there in the middle of her shame to speak to her grace and forgiveness. Thirdly, my dad vice is don't let the devil keep you living in shame. Accept his forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Forgive those who have shamed or harmed you. Let God use every chapter of your life to his glory. And then two great Bible verses to end with. Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And Revelation 12.10, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night, he has been hurled down. So it's important that we don't let the devil keep us living in shame and keep shouting condemnation to us. And again, your lyrics, now I don't have to answer to any name that the enemy tries to call me. I don't have to answer to any name, but chosen child of God. That's awesome, Dad. Thank you. And uh, Dad's album of him reading my lyrics uh, is going to be released <laughs> yes. in stores near you. I think it'd help yourselves. I'm telling you. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. That's our show for today. Thanks for joining me as we read through chapter eight, or at least some of chapter eight from The God Who Stays. Uh, you can get your own copy of that book wherever you buy books. Most people get it at Amazon, but you can go to MatthewWest.com as well. Um, you can also pick up the latest, the brand new My Story, Your Glory double album is available now. There's still some autographed copies available at MatthewWest.com. I know most of you probably stream it on whatever streaming device you use, but if you'd like a hard copy, I autograph some to send your way at MatthewWest.com. And last but not least, don't forget to join me on tour, the My Story, Your Glory tour, 32 cities across the country, heading out uh, right away, February 23rd. We're getting started. We're hopping on the bus. Hope you'll come and see us. Uh, thanks to Dad for some great dad advice. Thanks for all the love. Thanks for joining me each and every week. You guys are the best. Remember, go make the most of this one shot you get at life. He's got you here for a reason. Do you know that? Even if you don't think you know the reason, he does. So keep your eyes on him. And remember, it's your story for his glory. See you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.